Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Are you ready to rumble? The revolution starts now. <laughs> you will be part of this. Some HBO sports uh, boxing after dark. People can't see my fists going back and forth. I used to box. My shitty. <laughs> no, I did. I used to box with my brother. My brother's a big guy. He used to beat the hell out of me, man. Yeah, uh, yeah but uh yeah. used to box. Nice. <laughs> Well, let's do some house cleaning first, or housekeeping, I should yeah, say. Yeah, I like to keep house. Uh, that's what I do on my Sundays. Anyway, right. so I'm Dave, and that's Jim. Hello, and, uh, I'm Jim. if you are listening to us regularly, you might want to check out the Practical Guitarist Facebook group. Uh, and as always, you can review us on iTunes. Uh, we really appreciate any uh, positive reviews and negative reviews. Yes. Although, if it's really negative... And not constructive. We might talk about it on the show. Yes. If you'd like, you can reach out to us directly at the Practical Guitarist Podcast at gmail.com. Of course. And of I also course. have just below my little notes here on our show notes, the opening, uh, there's a little line that says total obliteration. I don't know where that came from, but it's kind of cool, so I'm going to say it anyway. Total obliteration! <laughs> I'm doing you a fake. Some delay on that. I'm doing a fake thing because I can just roll away. I'm rolling away on my uh, my rolling ta- uh, chair. So today, one of the things we're going to talk about um, is uh, I I came up with this idea because I got in the mail my newest episode episode subscription whatever issue of Guitar World. Got this no. month's Guitar World. Subscribed that thing. I have like. Four years left on my subscription. Oh, God, I'd kill myself. So the other day, uh, um, so the band, we're, we're learning round and round. You know, what goes around comes around. So um, I had to pull one of my issues of Guitar One or Guitar World. I looked at the number of Guitar One and Guitar World issues that I have. You want to take a, 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 just a guess as to how many issues I have Actual full issues I have on hand? Uh, 500. Keep going. 1,000. Keep going. 2,000. Almost 2,000 episodes or issues. Oh, my God. So I have... Man, what are you, why are you storing this stuff? You have firewood? Yeah. Oh, if I have to. Um, you'd be surprised at how little space that took. Thanks. No, I was I, looking... I can imagine... So I have every episode of Guitar One from 1998 to its end in 19. 19- I actually liked that magazine. 2007. Yeah, Brad Paisley, I, I think, was on the last one. I could look, but it's Brad Paisley. Um, and it was, I want to say September, but it was 2007. And uh, I have every issue of Guitar World from that point to now. Plus, I have some advanced guitar, guitar techniques, and guitar something from overseas. You have all those buyer's guide with the skanky girls on the cover? Those have all been thrown in the garbage, every one of them. Okay. 
every one of those got thrown in the garbage. Not because I'm um, uh, PC or not PC. Um, it's because they don't have any tabs in them. The only reason I keep them is two things. I actually have a spreadsheet. I have a, I have a spreadsheet, and it has the lessons and the tablature of every single one. So if I say, you know what, I want to review um, uh, playing um, uh, voice leading. Oh, there's voice leading right here. And I can go in, and I have all of them in order. And I can pull the, or I can say, you know what, I'm learning this song. And you would be shocked, and this is what I'm going to say. You would be shocked at the songs. You, you think that in 2,000 episodes, so that's 2,000 times whatever number of tablatures, yeah. and there, you'd be surprised at the songs that are not in there. For example, for example, I'm going to go through a couple songs that are not. I'll bet you Crazy Train is not in there. Um, so we decided we were going to do round and round. We're not going to take it. Come on, feel the noise. Working for the weekend. Moni Moni, the Billy Idol version. Yeah. Do you want to touch by Joan Jett? Okay. And Crimson and Clover from Joan Jett. Oh, and we decided, actually, we decided against those two. And we went with, um, because we kind of weren't sure about how the thing would go over. The two songs would go over with me singing lead. So we went with, um. Uh, hate myself for loving you. Okay. Out of all those songs that I just listed, two, two were in Guitar World and Guitar One. That's craziness. Come on, feel the noise and round and round. That was it. All right. All so, right. You I got you. You got your guitar magazine fetish. Yes. Now let me talk. Let me talk for a minute about my experience with guitar magazine. Okay. So when I was in high school right after i started picking up a guitar a bunch of my friends they all play guitar was this five or six years ago yeah 15 16 years ago um guys were like you gotta get guitar world man you gotta buy this magazine you gotta buy it's amazing and i started buying the magazine and i started flipping through it and i'm like all right yeah no that's at the time when i was that age like it's all like new metal music and the stuff that i'm listening to on the radio um, a little bit of classic rock, which actually helped me develop as a player because I started getting into different types of music based on it. Um, and you just go through them and you'd like pick out the two or three songs in each issue that you like really jive with or that have interesting guitar parts and you just learned them. Now, fast forward. I'm in, I'm in college at this point. Broke college student. Guitar World's price is six ninety nine an issue, right? If and, you're buying it on the stands. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're ordering subscription, that's one thing. Um, and <laughs> I just remember, like, one day going, you know, I don't even want to learn these songs. Like, what the hell am I doing? And, yeah, so there's some good columns in there. But at the time, and this is really going to predate myself because now I'm a fan of both of these guys. But, like, the guys that were doing the columns were, like, Dimebag and, and Zach Wild and... um. I think Zach Brown was still doing stuff. Yes, or, he was. I don't know and, if that was Guitar One or Guitar One. I don't remember. Zach Brown was, yeah. But, like, I, I was not a fan of that stuff. So, for me, it was like, eh, they got some interesting lessons. I actually learned some good stuff from, from the Zach Wild column. But, for the most part, the magazines were about gear. And 
I understand that gear is a big part of the guitar community. And uh, like, well, hell, our, our podcast has turned into a gear episode most of the time. But when you look at these magazines and you see how, how much advertising, like three quarter of its ads. Now, Guitar One, we were talking about that one. I still bought that magazine because it wasn't just ads. There was a lot of useful information in there. But as I started to mature, mature as a musician, I started realizing the guitar world was so focused on the like metal community and the and the super heavy rock community that I was like, even the gear ads in here are like ridiculous. A lot of this stuff was for, you know, basically uber high gain molten metal amps. And I'm like, that's really not where I'm going as a player. So I actually started I started buying um guitar player at that time. And at in the beginning when I was buying guitar player, they weren't owned by the same media company that owns Guitar World. And that magazine was great because it was the only magazine I could pick up off and off of a shelf and thumb through and find jazz information and find blues licks and all these things that we weren't getting out of Guitar World. And Guitar World bought them and they went to shit. Okay? So they became basically Guitar World the sequel. I don't know if Mike Melinda would appreciate that. Well, I like Mike. Um, he was a part of the magazine when it was good. But I think the media company has so much control over that magazine that they have strong-armed it into being something that's not. Well, the, yeah, go ahead. There are other magazines out there that are actually exceptional. Um, I've been looking for one that is... Um, like an Amazon magazine when I can get on a, on a Kindle or on a, um, on an iPad and read. Um, but I haven't found anything I really like. There's what guitar interactive, I think is one of them. Well, guitar world has now gone to a digital subscription, which um, I may check that out, but I, I have a feeling I'm not going to jive well with it. So, all right, I'm going to say this about, first of all, I would like guitar world to be digital. Um, and it is, but, I don't know as I want it that way. I may get forced. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how the magazines changed over the years. So, because I just happened to, so I went to pull round and round, right? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what episode it was in? October 1998. October 1998. It's a long time ago. 20 years ago. So I pull it out, and I've got it right over here. Its pages are yellowed, and it's old, and I look through it. And it's got, you know, lessons with Steve Vai, and it's got um, these uh, crazy, you know, a Chris Cornell interview that was really interesting, and uh, seven, uh, you know, it, this was Guitar One, by the way, um, mm -hmm. seven um, transcriptions going as far as from Freebird to Stained, you know, to um, uh, Stone Sap. Was it Stone Sour? I don't know. Anyway, hold on. no, it couldn't have been Stone Sour. That was too early. Um, but anyway, so I'm looking at it, and I'm like, "Wow, this is this is." Um, and I'm looking at the the back cover. the The ad on the back cover is a Zoom multi effects pedal, like their big one, their expensive one, the eight something series. Yeah, I remember those. And uh, with like. Um, oh, it has 18 seconds of loop that you could put in. And um, you had to buy, a, you had to buy a, a memory card for it. Yeah, those. I remember those. And it's Compact Flash, too. Yeah, it was Compact Flash memory card that you had to buy for it. But my point that I'm getting at is this. 
It was really interesting. And then at some point, and they used to ship with a CD. Remember when the, then when CDs came yeah. out? In the yeah. In the early 2000s, they'd ship with a CD. And right. I still have them all. Believe it or not, I have all those CDs. And um, so the CDs had all the lessons on them. I thought that was great. I thought, oh, wow, I can hear the lesson. I can read the lesson. And then they put videos on them, and you could watch the lesson, get the tab for the lesson, and right. read the I, I thought, this is the pinnacle. Right here, this is the pinnacle. I can watch it, do all this. This is great. And then the CDs went away. Next month, we're taking away the CDs. Why is that? And um, we're going to add... Because they're just going to post the stuff on the internet anyway. Well, we're going we're gonna to add a... Um, well, that... So here's here's how it slowly moved. So what they said was, we're going to add, if you have a subscription, um, we're going to add an issue at the end to make up for the fact that we're not giving you CDs, uh, or you can take a dollar. And so I said, I want just add it. So it didn't matter because then Guitar One, um, future, future public publishing bought Guitar World and Guitar One, and then they they took it all. And so then they closed Guitar One, they closed Bass Guitar, they closed Acoustic Guitar, all those magazines were gone, and they promised Guitar World was going to pick up the mantle for all of it. Because just like you, I noticed that Guitar World was more and more for the metal community and had absolutely nothing for the the other folks. Right. And Guitar Player was really the only place you could go for jazz. Mm -hmm. But one thing Guitar One did up until the last maybe two years, the guitar world never did. They had the actual um, notes transcription and the tablature. She had tablature yeah. with notes. Yeah. Well, what I loved about Guitar One was that that they really stuck true to their tagline, which was that this was the magazine you could play. Yep. And almost everything in there was transcribed. Even if they had an interview, there were musical examples, and they were like, "Here's how you do this." It was a cool magazine. But I, I really wish they'd bring it back. And I noticed the difference in the the um, the letters to the editor. The letters to the editor back then were, "Hey, I noticed you talked about this. How does this? How does how do modes and scales work? And how does this work? And how does that work?" Instead of, "Oh, I hated your article about so and so, and you you didn't write anything about you know this guitar player nobody's ever heard of that died last week." It's like. I'm like, uh, all of a sudden, it isn't about the guitar or playing the guitar. It's about the the the. It's uh, hit parader. Yeah, it's hit parader. I went, what the f- is going on here? And Guitar World is trying so hard right now, and they're missing the mark everywhere. And so, uh, it, so much of this industry though has become hero worship, man. Look at the change. You went from the biggest selling guitars. Being just like off the the shelf instruments to being custom shop models that are focused on a specific player. Yeah, like this is their signature instrument. I mean, look at the the, the, the guitar that broke the internet. Okay, we we just talked about the Silver right. Sky. Right. It's a freaking kind of it's a signature model. It's insane. Yep. yep. And that, and that's what I'm getting at. So I mean, you know, it's oh. Um, Derek, you know, this person didn't get his seventh string, 17 string guitar that he ordered. Who gives a shit? What about how are you going to play it? Doesn't anybody care about playing the fucking guitar? No, they don't. 
It's hero worship, man. People pick up an instrument today to act like someone else. And so that, that that's where I was getting. So I'm sitting here looking at, so this year's Guitar World, January was Joe Satriani. How many friggin' Guitar wo- Worlds has Joe Satriani been the cover of? Much I, less. He's probably got to be like the, the number one. Other than Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen. Oh, probably. yeah, I believe it. Um, so you got, you got um, month two, Steve Vai. Month huh. three, <laughs> I'm not done. I, I respect him. I do both of them, but, but come yeah. on, man. Month three, Petrucci. What? And month four, Steve Morse. Zach Wilde. Oh, yeah, no, he's the next one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know Steve Morris is coming. Because what happened was that... July. The, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I was saying, so this is, let's see, January, February, March, April. So that was the April issue. No, I can't possibly have them. I must have the May issue. But anyway, it was, um, it was uh, Satriani then uh, in real time. Satriani, because you know they come out with the April issue in February. So, right. But anyway, in January, I got Satriani... Then I got Vi. Then I got Petrucci. Now I got Zach Wilde. How many times do you think Zach Wilde was on the? I saw him on the on I the can cover. Remember him being on the cover five or six times when well, I was buying the magazine. In just two years, I think he was on yeah. there five or six times. Come on. That is what I mean. And it's a big. Oh, guess who he's playing with? Guess who's holding the guitar? Take a quick guess. It's Zach Wilde. Eddie Van Halen. Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. And I believe I've seen that cover before too. <laughs> I, I I just uh, I uh, <sighs> that's all I can say. Yeah, dude. <sighs> I get it. I get it. So here's the thing. Like I love I love the idea of having media dedicated to musicians. There are still magazines out there that are worth reading. There used to be you a thing called. There used to be but, one called Jazz, Jazz Times. Yeah, there's I used there, to get that. Uh, there's that. There's um, Vintage Guitar Magazine, which is still writ- written by some very credible people in the field. Um, Premier Guitar. Premier Guitar. Even Premier Guitar. Eh, yeah, Premier Guitar. They got some respectable guys over there. Yeah. They got some good articles and stuff. Um, there's uh, Guitar Interactive, I think, is one of them. That's an online publication. Well, I think that the problem that Guitar World is having right now is that the, there's two things. Number one, just like our podcast, we have to record a podcast and get it on now. Because if I don't get that podcast up within a week, sometimes we'll record a podcast, I'll put it up that night, and somebody else has already hit the issue. Oh, it's happened over and over. But you know what? I'm totally comfortable doing that because we always try to bring a different spin to things. Yeah. But like, here, here's the deal. Media in and of itself, we had always anticipated doing five or six episodes and having them in the can, but now we're starting to realize that that's not going to work. Nope. <laughs> this stuff is changing so rapidly and up to the minute that we almost have to record the episode and launch it that day. Yeah, yeah. These come out maybe two days, three days after we record them. Right. And, you know, um, there's been days I recorded it and we put it up that night. Well, and none of these publications are how, – how do I put this? None of these publications are making the graceful transition to the web, okay, no. the, the way that they should have been. 
I remember four or five years ago uh, when I got my or when, when I we had our first iPad looking for a guitar publication or a musician publication that was being published electronically. There was nothing. And you know what? And that that that's a thing with all publications. Yeah. In general, the field itself still wants to sell at newsstands because they realize the second we digitize, it's going to get copied and stolen. But they well, need to accept that that's collateral marketing. It's collateral damage. You know, all right, so obviously Andy Aldor, um friend that's on uh, a member of Guitar World, um, a, a writer for Guitar World, um, you know, I kind of want to get him on here because I want to ask him about that. And what he's he a great player. I'd love to have him on he's here. He's a great guy. Um, and he's, he's been on a couple others, so I, he might do this. But um, They're coming I for think, you, Jim. I know. I hear him. They probably are. It's about time. Um, I think that the covers actually um, don't represent the magazine. Like the, 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 the Vi, the Satriani Vi Petrucci ones were great because it was Satriani going, this is how you can apply to the guitar. And, and then Steve Vai, a completely different way of looking at the same shit. And then Petrucci, another completely different way of looking at the same things. I thought that all three articles were excellent. They were also, because Andy, by the way, was part of this, Andy Aldort. Um, he did the recordings, he did the writing, and he did the, um, the uh, YouTube thing. So every one of these articles is on YouTube. You can go into YouTube, go to Guitar World's site, the YouTube channel, and get all these articles. Yeah, and so that's the thing. Like Now they're starting to realize they have to give away content. You got to. Which is great. I'm glad because the thing is, you can still market with free content, right? Like that's the thing. When magazines started, they were always ad driven. Okay, right. so they were going to make their money off the ads, unless it was you mad. Paid, you paid, yeah, you paid the cost to have that magazine printed yep. and delivered, either to a newsstand or to yourself. That's but right. when I saw these costs start going up when I was a kid. I mean, seven dollars for a magazine? It was upwards. Are you kidding of eight, me? It got words upwards of eight or nine dollars there for. A I while. saw one time an issue, and I think it was a CD issue for eleven dollars. Yep. yep. And I went, "You're kidding me!" Was and it I, a catalog? And I thought I was getting a great deal getting them for. I think I think at the time I was paying um, the equivalent of three or four dollars an issue with uh, subscription. Yeah, I pay. The reason I have four years is I pay nine. 99 a year. Yeah. Every time they have a, a Black Friday blowout or an Easter thing, I get the $10 thing. I, oh, I think it this way. No. I'll have them until the end. Because it's going to end. Well, the next few years, they're going to end. Yeah, it's going to. It's coming. Well, so you know what I think is cool? Like, I love going to the, um, the half-price bookstore near me, which is yep. all used books, yep. and digging up old issues of Guitar Player Magazine and stuff. Yep. Now, you're old enough to know this, but which started first, Guitar Player or Guitar World? Oh, shoot. I think it was Guitar World, believe it or not. Yeah, it was actually I, I the say first Guitar one, World started in the 70s. The first one was where I got the um, initial uh, idea for the name of this podcast, which was The Practicing Musician. That um, guitar for the practice, magazine for the practicing musician, or guitar for yeah, the practicing Yeah, I've musician. heard of that one. And that, was, that became Guitar One. I think that so was first. So way, 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 way back. And we're talking about, you know, guitar guitar magazines have not been around that long. That's what's funny. 
So this yeah, was it's like the seven, this late seventies. No, this was the eighties. Yeah. So this all was right. the eighties. All right. And Guitar Player came up, and then uh, Guitar World, and they. Um, I want to say it was Guitar Player, then Guitar World, because Guitar Player just had their thirtieth anniversary, which yeah. which means that that was a couple months ago. So um, was that at the end of last year? So let's say it was. Let's say this was it. So it was nineteen eighty eight for Guitar Player. Yeah. Okay. No, I, it's going to be weird now because I have I'm going with. Okay, I'm going to need you yeah, to say that out. again because you were cutting out. All right. Yes, yeah, so we both cut out. All right. Uh, yeah. So I've had. I I think it's older than that because I think I have issues from like '86. Uh you'd have to check that because I'm pretty sure they just said they were thirty. Me. Um. It was a big. It was a big deal. Um. Online. I'm looking up. I believe. I. I mean, could you could be right. I thought they were from '86, but I got them at a thrift store. So. Um, yeah, they were. Believe. Those were Chinese knockoffs. <laughs> no! 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 no. Guitar Player is an American popular magazine for guitars founded in 1967, Jim. 67, 67. Okay. So that means they were doing their 50th year anniversary. Yeah, they must have had like no distribution in the beginning because I know yeah. a lot of people think they start in the 80s. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, I've got some issues uh, like 86, 87. Yeah. Uh, I think, who's on the cover? Ingve's on the cover of one of them. But man, those issues are a trip to read them. Like it's a whole other animal. The marketing's different. You can see all these crazy photos you've never seen before. Yeah. Um, for people my age, anyway. Uh, I mean, like Jeff Beck playing Jacksons, like pink, pink Jackson Dinky or something. And I'm like, what? Yeah, cool stuff. Uh, highly recommended. If you guys want to go in a time machine and see what the '80s were like, go get some um, guitar magazines from that period. I I saw, um, wow, that's amazing that they were they were around that long. Yeah, nineteen sixty seven. Man, that's crazy. Wow. I can't even find uh, Guitar One when it started. Guitar World started in nineteen eighty. Okay, that's the one that started in eighty. Yep, July in nineteen eighty. Okay. Yep. Let's see. When did Guitar One start? I can't find it. Not 1998. So I have from the first year. Yeah, and, that's what I was going to say. Because that they were, was a late they were magazine. Guitar for the practicing musician before that. Because I started reading 80s. like uh, issue 20 or something. Yep. And I had like the one with Mike Isinger of Incubus on the cover. And uh, one of the guys from Static X. No, it wasn't Static X. It was uh, Mudvayne was one of the one of the covers. Oh, yeah, I had. yep. I got that. I've got that. Yeah. I, I have you all. know exactly the one I'm talking about. I'm looking I'm looking at this thing. It says uh, images for Guitar One magazine. I have every single one of these. It's just weird to be looking at them going, I got that. 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 Pulling up the images on Google search right now. This is like, yeah. Oh, yeah, so I, I remember quite a bit of these, actually, as I look through here. Oh, um, Mike Keneally. Wow, he looks different. Yeah, what a magazine, though. They should bring that back. Guitar like, I know World they're owned by Guitar World, and let's face it, like, they have to diversify. To, to, you know what they should have? Guitar Celebrity Magazine. So if you're into, you know, like, your big guitar celebrities, you can read that one. Yeah. And then they need one that's called, you know, 
guitar instruction magazine. Well, you know, the thing is that they already have classic, classic rock is for your celebrity one. And they have another one that's, come on, do you really need, here's the thing, we do need interviews. We do need them. We need the interviews. We to, need to an extent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We need people to be talking about. Oh my God. The new guitar heroes. Okay. Hold on. Guess who's, guess who's front and center on the new guitar heroes. You have got to see this, this, uh, uh, image. Hold on. Uh, Copy image address. I'm going to send this over to you. Cause you're going to laugh. You're going to, I like the one with the guy from, uh, <laughs> from POD on there. Oh yeah. Yep. Guy from Stain, there's Trivium. Yeah, I had that one too. POD, Foo Fighters. Check out that one I just sent you. Oh my lord. Yeah, I remember that photo and I remember I have that. that. I have that issue. I'm so sure got, you do. You've got Joe Bonamassa. These are the new guitar heroes. Joe Bonamassa. The first time I heard about John Mayer was in that magazine. Yep. And it John was a little Mayer. blurb in the front, and they're like, watch out for this guy. Yep, he's coming. And um, he had a Stratocaster. That was the funny thing. Like his hit was "Body is Your Body is a Wonderland," and that happened a year later. Yep. But he was already being pulled for the blue scene. He could do note for note covers of SRV, and I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at look at the look at that cover, right? And that was uh, November of 2002, and it's just hilarious to look at uh, who's the other two guys on the cover there. The um, um you got uh, Tadeshi. Right? Yeah, no, I'm not Tedeschi. Um, no, you got uh, trucks, Derek trucks, trucks. and Tedeschi's he is a husband, monster yeah. today. He's the one guy in this cover that I'm like, yeah, they were right on him. <laughs> and then you've got the guy from uh, uh, Limp Biscuit, right? Not who yeah, that is? Where did he? Nowhere. Monkey head. No, no, it's no. Uh, um, name is. Oh, what the heck? No, that's Dominic. Oh, Differ- it is from. Uh, Oh, what's the name of that band? Um, this is some riveting podcasting here, Jim. I love yeah, it. Yeah, we're terrible. We'll probably cut half of this out. No, no, we're leaving this. Absolutely leaving this. I don't even know what he's from. Hot Riffs from Detroit Rock City. The Donnas, take it off. Oh, my gosh. I Googled him, and all I could get is um, real estate lawyer agent that's weird well you know the thing that i was getting at is i need guitar magazines you know why i like to have something to take to the bathroom read and and it's too thing like i don't want to take my tech in the toilet right i don't want to take my my yeah Uh, i I do like them to have you know what i like magazines for Uh, i like to have them on my coffee table yeah because it's a topic of conversation stuff too but you know you can just pick one up when you're just sitting around like you got 15 minutes Look at this guitar on this uh, the cover of this one. Copy image address. You're gonna you're gonna appreciate the guitar on the cover of this one. You know you're posting all these in the show notes, right? Yeah, I'm gonna have to. That's why I'm putting them in here. So, folks, what we're looking at we're looking oh, at a picture of God. Phil Collin holding his <laughs> Play Phil that Collin. guitar. <laughs> the guitar that uh, I bought. <laughs> that's funny. That is that's hilarious. Funny. Like so, I totally was not even aware of that. Yeah, that was a guitar that went under the radar right there. And there's Duke Robillard up in the, up no, in the corner. This has got to be one of the late, l- l- close to the last episodes, right? Yep. Get, oh, no, this is Guitar World. Never mind. Yeah, that was. But they got it right. They got it right. I'm going to mention it anyway. Guitar World, guitar. the future of the blues. Yep. Gary Clark Jr., ladies and gentlemen. J- Gary Clark Jr. Pay yep. attention because he is the future of the blues. Yep. 
That guy is a monster. There's Tenacious D. My point is, it's cool yeah. because I can I can walk back in time. I can pull out a 2000 issue and I can go, that's what we thought guitar was going to at the time. You know? Yeah, it's hysterical because then you're like, you're like, God. Remember what happened? Remember you remember when, when people used to bitch about down tuning? I know. Oh my god! Like, oh, these guys are playing rubber bands. Yeah, because they were tuning down to D, and now it's like it's like D. West like, Borland, tuned down that's to what A. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, West Borland. That's who I was trying to think of. That's not who that guy was. Um. So, all right. So, here's the thing, guys, listeners, tell us what you think. Guitar guitar magazines in general. Share experiences with these magazines with us. We're interested. I still love them. I still, like I said, I still pull them out. I still read them. Matter of fact, here's one, the full Tremonti. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Guitar One Magazine. I don't know wonder that magazine's dead. That was the the name on the cover. How to set up your guitar in 12 easy steps. Hey, remember when they used 10 blues riffs, advanced country techniques. Looks just like now. It's clickbait and everything. 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 That's what we're going to call our... This episode is going to be called Advanced Country Techniques. Um, I can't... You know, top 10 extreme guitar tricks. Whammy dives. Horsey win, horse winnies. Twisted harmonicas. There you There's your episode madness. title. Horse winnies. Horse winnies. What the fuck is a horse winnies? <laughs> 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 that song Bad Horsey from Steve Vai? <laughs> Holy crap. The John Mayer Trio. The John Mayer Trio. Um, it's on the cover of this. That. So uh, interesting stuff, folks. Interesting stuff. So, um, so part two. I, we got to get part two. Let, let, let's get. Well, no. Let's finish our final final thoughts. Final Guitar thoughts. magazines have their place. Yes. In the dumpster. No. In my in my thing. And if you have a guitar, a copy of Guitar One um, or World that I just happen to not have, go ahead and send it. All right. Okay. So <clears throat> actually, I don't have any of the. Um, send it to him. Don't send it to me. To me. Yes. POD. Not me. POD breakout. All right. So the other thing we wanted to talk about today is Guitar Center. I am of the mind that the musical community as a whole is still needs Guitar Center. I think we need it. Can you hear my eyes rolling? Uh, If they can't, maybe I should make a little gif of it. I'm trying to make like squishy sounds. You know, it's not working. <laughs> squishy sounds into the microphone. Can you hear them? With my eyeballs. Yep. Um, I think we need Guitar Center. I I really do. And I'm not I'm not trying to be a fanboy. I just purchased a guitar through Sweetwater. I also got another guitar through Guitar Center. I I will say it and say it again. We need Guitar Center. All right. Say it all you want. Here's the deal. It's the way I look at Guitar Center. Do we need Walmart? Yes. Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. So, um, we do. I, I don't see any real. I mean, we have Target. We have Amazon. Now we do. You can't get it at Target. We have. Now we get, yeah, but that's the thing. That's but that's the thing, Jim. Those things have outlived their usefulness. 
Do we need a company that encourages their employees not to get health insurance through the company and not to unionize when they're being treated like shit? You think and it, here, here, you want to know how to get insurance? Watch this video and it will show you how to go get free insurance from the government. That's fucked up, man. That's really fucked up. So I, I'm not saying Guitar Center is like that. What I'm saying is that Guitar Center is a big box retailer. It is the big box retailer for the music industry. Now, I know that there are tons of people that have employment through Guitar Center. I know that tons of those people are very skilled at what they do. I know that a lot more of them are not. A lot more of them, it's just a day job to them. And maybe they do play an instrument, maybe they don't. I, I know a lot of the guys in the pro audio part department don't. I mean, right. I get it. Like, you can't close them immediately. It's not one of those things. I don't want to see the company disappear. There's too much attachment to the industry as a whole. Like, a lot of the brands that they carry, if Guitar Center just closed its doors tomorrow, those, band, those brands would be belly up. And that would be a big problem. And you could potentially see companies like Gibson closing their doors over it. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a more gradual closure of Guitar Center. And it may still exist in some form. But I don't think it's going to be the, the powerhouse that it was throughout the 90s. I think that company is going to, going to shrink. Uh, it, it's going to shrink. Like here in, in Illinois, at least, I remember when there was three guitar centers in the Chicago area, four guitar centers in the Chicago area. There's like nine now. It's just, it's nuts. And, and none of them have anything in them. Like it would be one thing if I could go into a guitar center and find what I'm looking for. Nine times out of ten, they have the same mass market bullshit that I can get in any other local discount store in terms of guitars. I can get Squires, you know, or I can get because they don't care. They don't carry the stuff that I'm interested in. They don't carry the stuff that that professional musicians are interested in. They have a lot of low to low middle end market. They might have a couple of high end instruments. And that's only the stuff that sells. It's not specialized. You have to order something if you really want something special. Which, okay, I get it. Like, if you have very specific requirements, you can order it. But why would I do it from them? Why would I go there and get get a slightly discounted price when I could go to Sweetwater and get a slightly discounted price? Or I could go to my mom and pop and have them match the price for me. And in some cases, actually give me a better deal. I get a better deal from my mom and pop than I do Guitar Center on most things. And for me, like, that's what it's all about. I want the service, I want the money, and I want the backing. And the thing that I've never gotten from Guitar Center is the backing. I, I can tell you right now, I've had guys that I know who've gone and they bought guitars there for their free setup, and they get the guitar back, and it's worse than when they bought it. So, anyway, Jim, you have the floor. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Got a lot of venom. Pissed wow. vinegar. Woo. Fired him up. Oh, my God. You, My wife knows that I hate going to Guitar Center. I hate it. Well, you have you have uh, Chicago Music Exchange. It's not just Chicago. I don't go to Chicago. I've been to Chicago Music Exchange three times. Four Wait. times. Where'd you get that Helix? I got that. Huh? Fuck you, Jim. Where'd you get it? <laughs> I got it at Guitar Center, god damn it. <laughs> god right. damn it. That's because they're the only place that would take all my shit. All right, there we go. Take there we me. go. All right, now you just kicked off my part of it. So, regardless of whether or not, and I could do a whole podcast on 
what's fair or not fair when it comes to trade-ins, Guitar Center will give you a fair trade price. And let me ask you this. Sweetwater have a, have a trade-in? You, no. no. But hold on, Jim, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. You, you yelled at me for five minutes. Let me take right. this for a minute. All right, so I give you a well, fair trade. I know, I know. I didn't take it that way. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so Guitar Center is going to give you a free fair trade. We could go on for hours about what you think is a fair trade, but let's face it, they're going to give you a fair market trade for your area, for your instrument, number one. Number two, they're, they're one of the few places that's still doing trades because if you're looking at Internet stuff, Sweetwater doesn't do trades. Musician Friend doesn't do trades. Your Nobody's mom and pop doing... won't take pedals. These days, most yeah, most of your mom and pops don't want pedals. They don't want your pedal. They don't care. They don't care. They, nine times out of ten, they don't know who Brian Wampler is or who uh, Earthquaker Devices is or who, um, you know, uh, Two Brothers is or whatever it is. I, I mean, let's face it. I know. I know what Two Brothers is. I'm, I'm laughing. joking. You're like, Two Brothers. <laughs> that ain't a fucking pedal company. What are you talking about? That's what I mean. They don't even know. But you could tell them it was. I mean, they don't know a Joyo pedal from a frickin' um, uh, Tumnus. Yeah, I felt. I mean, I find myself even educating my mom and pop quite a bit, um, and, even and, though they're, you know, they got they got their shit together. And we can all and we can all say, yeah, the mom and pops. You know, you. <clears throat> not every place has decent mom and pops. We don't. We don't in my area. I'm in a huge, huge, huge area. And yet, there's no decent mom and pops here, and the yeah. and the only one that's not a, a huge chain that has some power, um, around here, they do not have good prices. They don't have good prices, even with a guitar center right down the road. Now, um, so I'm going to say that I'm going to say this: you want you want to go in and you want to get strings at a um, and you want to join a string club. They have string clubs. If you're not if you're not looking for string joy or you know whatever the other ones are, yeah, you got um you can join their string club and you can go in and get Which, strings at a, at a reasonable but, price. By the way, while we're on strings, we are still doing the string competition. You can tune in some more earlier episodes to find out about that. That's right. And and you know I'm going to say this. You know, it, it, yes, Guitar Center <laughs> did some stuff that that now doesn't need to be done, like coming in and going. You know what, mom and pop, you can't charge that much for that guitar. And you know. Who saw Maps coming? I mean, Map. As far as I'm concerned, Maps are the thing that that in the beginning, the government was making illegal because the, a company can't tell me I can't charge X for this. Yeah. And, and then they came in. They said, "Nope, Map." And and companies. It wasn't guitar companies that did that. The the leaders of that were people. Sony like, and shit like yes, that. Yes, Nintendo and Sony and and um, Panasonic and all those people. But the point is that. Um, now we have Map, and uh, so it wouldn't matter if Guitar Center left because Map is already Map. You can get Map, and you can go to Sweetwater and get Map. So who cares? And you go to Sweetwater, pretty much anything you order, there's very few things you're going to pay on shipping, and you hardly ever pay tax unless you're. In. And if you talk to your rep, they'll usually give you a deal on it too. That's right. So so you need you absolutely absolutely need to be able to do this. I know that. Um, Rickenbacker, you know why a lot of places don't carry Rickenbacker? I don't know about if it's now, but Rickenbacker won't let you um, publish the prices. Yeah. So 
yes, Guitar Center has some bad stuff. They get a bad rep. I mean, let's face it. You're a large company. You're dealing with a large number of people. You are going to have bad employees. You're going to have good employees. You're going to have smart well, employees. Well, it's the same reason I won't shop at Best employees. Buy. Come on. It's the same thing. Yeah, at Best Buy, Target, Walmart. Um, food lion, the food the difference farm between fresh, Target, but, but Wiggly the Piggly or Piggly Wiggly. But but the difference between Target and Walmart and those companies is you don't expect the employees there to really have knowledge about what's being sold there. You know what? It, you're I, now they don't have the margins. Think about what the margin is on a guitar. You, okay, so a lot of a lot of people don't understand how these things work. So you buy, let's say you're a guitar dealer, right? And you get guitars, right? You and then you sell them. So you get you guitars in and you sell them. You pay for those guitars up front. Yep. Or you, you, you have a, what they call a 30, 60, or 90-day net, right? So you say, okay, I'm going to sell these guitars in 30 days. I'm going to be able to pay you back for all that in 30 days. Right. Now, some of them you have to pay up front. I guess Chapman is that way because we, we talked about why. Um, a, lot of them, a lot of the smaller companies you have to pay up yep. front. And so if you're, if you're putting that money out there... And then they're telling you how much you can charge for that guitar. I think that's silly, but that's aside the point. That's a, that's another discussion. The the thing that we're trying that we're getting at, or I'm getting at here, is that <clears throat> Guitar Center has a lot of inventory. You walk into your mom and pop, you're going to see some Dylans. You're going to see some um, Chinese knockoffs of stuff you like. In in, in um, the, Dylan, Sam, well, whatever Samick has become. Um, so on and so forth. But you know what you're not going to see? You're not going to see the brands. Not going to see a Gibson. Not going to see... Yeah. You may or may not get a Fender Depends in there. Depends on where you're at. I'm talking to those mom and pops, man. It's hard to get a Fender in there. Yeah, but it depends on where you're at, man. Like where I'm at, I can I can drive right now 20 minutes in any direction, and I can get myself a Gibson or a Fender. And I'm not talking about going to Guitar Center either. You just got to know the right places. Right. And the thing the is, thing you're is like, where you're but, at, you where don't Where are you? Right. Where are you? Well, Chicago. But, but, but what was it like before? I mean, you, if you lived out in the boonies, you mail-ordered. Yes, you mail-ordered, and you, you, you hoped for the best. And the place, <laughs> but back then, Gibson wasn't saying to the, to the place, hey, you've got to sell $20,000 no, um, right. per quarter. Their dealer agreements suck ass, but we're not debating that here. Fender does too. The person should be here. Fender does no, same thing all, too. All of their dealer agreements suck ass. Mm. Like, I understand that. They're fucking the dealer. And, and, and they're doing it so that they can give those assholes at Guitar Center more money who are going to run themselves into the ground, which they've been doing for five years and put everyone out of business. That's not, I'm telling you right now, that's not, um, that's not where they're headed. They, they've right. got to be, they've got to be there. Now, whether they're, or not they start to but fold numbers some say, stores. Their numbers say otherwise. It, when you're looking at market share for reverb eclipsing the market share for Guitar Center, that should say something. The market share for reverb, here, here's what Guitar Center needs to do better. They need to take trades and turn them better. They're giving you too much money Agreed. for your trade. But you know, but you know, no, well. Yeah, they are. I, I'll tell I, you. No, 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 I'll tell you right now. It depends on the manager you deal with at Guitar Center. Because yeah. there are certain, there are certain stores here locally where you can't get dick for trade. You go to, you go to Arlington Heights versus going to Villa Park. And it's, it's night and day what you're going to get in for trade in. It just depends on the manager. It is what it is. It is. But the, it, but the fact is, they look up, they look up on Reverb, they look up on eBay, they say, okay, what's this thing been selling for? 
and then they go from that. So, and they're without, gonna, and it some, depends on whether you're trading do. or selling. Sometimes they do. I've had them. I've had them literally just fucking pull numbers out of their ass too. And that's when you go if you're if you're a knowledgeable seller, you're gonna have your phone in your pocket, right? But but but, but my, my point is, you're saying that that's the reason they need to exist, and it's no. not unanimous. It's that's not, not the that's only not reason. Unanimous. Not the only reason. That's not the only reason. They need to exist so that we have somebody to keep the other folks honest. I'm telling you right now that if oh, you true. pulled, I'll give you that. I'll if give you, you that. pulled but the Walmart's keep- and Targets out of the world, then guess what? Nobody's keeping them honest. Who's keeping Best Buy honest right now? Right now, Amazon that's is the exactly thing that keeps it. Best Buy honest because right. because Best Buy was keeping Circuit City honest. What but happened? You know- Circuit City went out of business. Do you know who keeps other people honest? Reverb. Reverb isn't keeping anybody honest. Yeah, it, it is. is full it's of free shit. market. It is free it's market. Free market. That's the whole point. Did You're you going to see what shit goes for. No, you see what people are asking for. Why, why, so, okay, so Jim, why do people use, and specifically Guitar Center, use Reverb and eBay as a barometer for what they should pay for something? Oh, they only use what has sold, not what is on the market. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So if, okay, if I go to Reverb, uh, I'll give you a prime example. Go to Sweetwater's. We, we had this discussion this week. Go to Sweetwater's used, yeah. used guitar. Well, we know that it's it's a mess. Yes. But, but my, my point is, who's keeping But why is honest? it a mess? Why is it a mess? Because people are listing stuff for way more than it's worth because exactly. they just figure somebody's going to stumble on it and not realize it's used. Exactly. And you don't think that happens on Reverb or eBay? Definitely happens on Guitar Center. Happens all the time, right? So that's what I'm saying. My, my point is, they're all keeping each other honest. So even if even if Guitar Center ceased to exist, both eBay, uh, Reverb, and whoever else is out there. I know there used to be like Daddy's Used Music or something. There yep. was a bunch Daddy's. of other sites. Those are all Daddy's I mean, junkie it's, it's music community. And and it's yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. And and for all these people like that are that are you know invested in buying used gear and stuff, they're going to find these other places, and that's what that's how they sell. My big thing was. Years ago, people used to just list things in the trader. Right. You know? The one thing that, that Guitar Center is giving you that nobody else is giving you right now, you can't argue with this. Hands on. Hey, well, hands on. 45 days. Take it home. Play it. 45 days. I didn't like this. Bring it back. Then you can order the same damn thing from Sweetwater. If you so want to yeah. buy it from Sweetwater. If you so want well, to get it from Reverb. If you so want to buy it from your mom and pop. You got 45 days to play it and then say, hey, mom and pop, order me this. Yeah, but even or then, I, my mom and pop does the same shit. If I don't like something, they'll take it back. 45 days? Yeah. You know, I could take it back 90 days. Oh. I know them. I have a close relationship with them. Be- and that's the thing. You can't build that with Guitar Center. Well, I have. Well, but you, you have, Jim, but that's because you're so probably the only guy in the area that shops there. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. You can tell by their their parking lot on any given day. I'm yeah, definitely not well. the only guy. But the thing is that you know, um, you have uh, yes. Some of us have the ability to to, and we all have done this. Well, not all of us have the ability to go in and make a relationship with a a place. But that's because we we do turnover. Look at me. Right. How many guitars have I churned? I know. I over know. the last two years. Year. We both do it. We both do it. And then right. embarrasses the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, it's embarrassing at some point. <laughs> but but 
Um, so if that if that's the case, of course they want your they want you. You are the reason that they exist. You're one of the you're one of the things that you know, keeps that, them going. That's Every the one nice thing in, about my mom and pop is he's talked me out of buying shit before. So <laughs> I go I I get texts, Jim. We just got this in. They said, "Oh God!" I get those all the time. That's that's called advertising, <laughs> and not just from them either. I get it from Music Around as well. It's like, hey, Jim, we haven't seen you in a while. We got one of these in. Yeah, you just come in, check it you out. Come in, Maybe you'll see something out. else. Yeah, exactly. And they know they they know I like this. The point is, we might not need Guitar Center. I, I, but some people. And some places, you you need it to be able to keep the mom and pop honest. Um, honest. And there are certainly places where that's a huge and the, issue. And the mom we've and all pop, walked in a music store where they've got exotic stuff that's overpriced. That's right. And the mom and pop is not put out. Let's face it: when Guitar Center goes away, and we all know it's going to happen at some point, when Guitar Center goes away, either goes online and is just musicians' friend, or <clears throat> goes away forever. Let's face it, the mom and pops are not going to start carrying your Les Pauls or your high-end Fenders or your, you know, whatever. They're going to be still using, still carrying, for the most part, the, the lower-end models, a couple of, a couple of, if they can get them, higher-end models and mostly used. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. So, um, Guitar Center, okay, so everybody knows, if you, have, if you don't know this, you should probably read up on it. Guitar Center's been refinancing its debt, much in the way that Gibson has. They've been kind of parallel, paralleling Gibson in terms of their downfall a little bit. Um, Guitar Center has been bought and sold several times. Uh, Bain Capital was a part of them for a while, and now I think they're actually independently owned. But um, the problem with Guitar Center and its and its debt refinancing is basically that they're they're in trouble. They know they are. Right now, they're propping up Fender and Gibson. In terms of uh, we're ordering product and, you know, that's it, basically. So if something were to happen to Guitar Center, both of those companies would take a huge financial hit. Um, now, that being said, I've heard it estimated that both Fender and Gibson would end up closing their doors on that. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I'm not, I'm not an economist. However, um, I do know, and I'm very interested in how Guitar Center is actually handling this transition from being a... Um, from being a retailer to being a hub because that's their thing now is like they're realizing that they need to provide both services in in the form of lessons and recording services and they also need to become a community center for musicians which is another thing they're actively trying to do and participate in um even sam ash is doing it to an extent like local sam ashes are now holding like jam nights and stuff like that which are which are pretty interesting um I think this is more of a transition away from guitar as a profession and more as guitar as a hobby. Uh, do I think it's okay? Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I think for a lot of people, it's a form of therapy. But for me, I'm looking at Guitar Center in this whole transitional period, and I'm going, wouldn't it be great if I didn't have to buy all the studio equipment to record at home? I could literally sign up time at Guitar Center and go in there, take my guitar and my amp, right. or even rent one that they have. And just record. Well, let's face it. Every single mom and pop store has got lessons. Whether they've got sure. one person or 12 people, that is their bread and butter. Is lessons, strings, you know, um, student level stuff. Now, student level instruments, student level, you know, whatever. The um, 
that would be something Guitar Center could do. More um, uh, of, hey, I want to come in there and I want to get studio time. Yeah, I mean, I, th- those kinds of things are really cool. And what about I, I, more and more? What about um, large scale lessons? I, I mean, would be even better off. I would feel more comfortable if Guitar Center shrank the size of its stores by half, carried half the merchandise, did the same approach that Apple did when they organized their retail stores and say, okay, we're going to carry the three best of this. Right. So they carry the three best strats, the three best tellies, the three best Les Pauls, the three best, you know, and it definitely will this, push the, the retailer to minimize their SKUs. I shouldn't say sure. retailer. The um the builders to minimize their SKUs because sure, hey, which I'm not going to carry 14 Les Pauls just yeah, because and you want to put 14 SKUs out there. I I think that's part of the reason why Gibson is 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 killing itself right now. It's because they have too many damn models of everything. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, we've had this discussion before. Yeah, so I mean this harkens right back to that. So if they were to if they were to limit that and and then use the other half of the store that they consolidate. Say this is going to be our recording area. Yep. This is going to be our stage. You can rent. Yep. Or shows or whatever. Yeah. You know, people would, people would be down for that. It, it like okay, so this this sound stage over here is a rehearsal room. I, we have no rehearsal rooms where I'm at. I'm in right. Chicago. In order for me to have a rehearsal room, I have to go into the city. It's a it's forty-five crazy. minute drive. It's, it's insane. And like I said, you know, they could. And whatever happened to you'd go to these guitars world or guitar um, center sessions where Steve I would walk in and and do a um, a thing. Yeah, they're happening in L.A. and New York City. But what about the other guitar centers? Well, but that's the and, thing. And they like, don't need it to be Steve I. It doesn't need to be Robin Ford. No, we I'd be fine with about, the local guys. Hell, I've got Michelangelo Badio right up right. on the north side. That's what know? I was just gonna say. Every area has somebody. Look, we've got Tyler Larson. Um, three hours away or four hours away, they could yeah. pay to get him in here. He could do some some of these things. I mean, you know, come on, we we um we need to see more of this. When well, they had the Gibson folks in there last year, there was a ton of people in that place, and I saw them walk out with Gibsons. And yet, I haven't seen anybody come since. No other companies, Fender. No Fender reps. Yeah, um, yeah. What Fender reps? rep? Come on. What Fender rep? Exactly. What so, Fender rep? They don't give a rat's ass. You'll so love Fenders are, because you're a fanboy and you're going to love Fenders. That's what they're. That's what they're counting. On. That's basically what they are these days. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and let's make so, fun of let's make fun of the sky and forget the fact that we've got just like everything else. We got 14 levels of of Stratocaster. You don't know yeah. what you're getting. Like a box of yeah, freaking chocolates. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, freaking, uh, my big thing about Gibson, I'm not Gibson. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> sorry, Henry. Yeah. Um, my big thing about Guitar Center right now is that as we've been talking about this discussion, I'm starting to have a little bit of an asthma problem, so I'm going to try to do this all yep. and not wheeze my way <laughs> through it. Um, well, those are your eyeballs we're hearing. Yeah, those are my eyeballs. Uh, so, Guitar Center has been a victim, not a victim. They have been a perpetrator of this thing of, okay, how do we make money fast? So, yes. their big push was, we'll have radio ads, and we will advertise the $99 guitar for the beginner. Right. All right. Who's actually buying instruments? What can you possibly, how much can you possibly make on a $99 guitar? 
Uh, well, forty dollars. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, it's it's infinitesimal. Yeah. But the thing is, like you said, your local guitar center guy says that they make most of their money on their tchotchke crap. You know, the the tuners and that yeah. kind of shit. But and and it's probably true. It is. But here's the, That's your but here's the problem. Who here's the problem? Who is going to buy the expensive stuff that keeps the doors open? Right. Exactly. I mean, if you don't stock it, we're not coming there. Right. My big thing, I'm not going to have them order something. I don't I don't fucking do that. No. I mean, that, if I'm going to order it, I'm getting a line and I'm going to find the best deal. I'll be at the reverb. If I do reverb, at least I got buyer protection. If I get some shit in, I don't have to deal with the shenanigans like you did when you ordered that that blue uh, Les Paul Studio. Yeah. Like, I can just go to reverb and be like, look, it, it wasn't as advertised. Like I did. And then they took it back, and they got me another one. Yeah. Well, but you but you had to, you know, argue with them and stuff, and then they – it was a whole debacle, and it would have been a debacle through reverb, too. Yeah. But the thing is, at least they get choice then. You know, and and so I, it's not just reverb. Like I, I, you know, I don't like to buy shit unseen. That's why I mean, with Sweetwater, at least I've got close-ups of every. Even with Sweetwater, I'm having a fucking panic attack over ordering something because I'm like, dude, this is two thousand dollars for something I can't see. Yeah, yeah, it's it's insanity. It is. So I totally get people looking at Guitar Center as the last bastion of being able to try out the stuff you're going to buy, but. I think we're both aware that if they didn't exist, that the brands that are being sold there would have to come up with a strategy to get shit in the stores. That's right. So they would I have mean, to, they would have to change their marketing style. Guitar Center's not going to cease to exist. They're going to do the same thing that Sam Ash did. When Sam Ash started to go belly up, they closed most of their stores. Yes, and that's what Guitar Center's going to do. They'll close this one. Well, they might not close this one because this one's probably a money maker. But they'll close some of the stores that are not big, you know, their money makers. Sure, the ones where they got the fucking misers running the running the used department. Well, and what they, they might be like, doing, yeah. But what they might start doing is pulling um, some of the bigger, like as it is. When I walk into mine, you know, so I don't know what it looks like behind the guy, you know, behind the counter where the person that's selling you the the um, stuff is, but behind. The guitar star, the guitar person, the staff. Um, we don't have that anymore. I am. There's a wall that has high end Gibsons way up where you can't reach them. Yeah. And then um, some used, some new. The lower end Gibsons. You know, not, uh, you know, thinking about it, there's like one SG. <clears throat> um, yeah, dude. Some Paul Reed Smith. They finally moved their higher end Paul Reed Smith. Over to where you could. Get oh, yours you still has some high end Paul Reed Smiths. Yeah, there's. I've seen nothing but S twos. Yeah, there's a couple of S twos, a couple of CES. Well, now there's one less CE, um, uh, and that kind of thing. And then the SEs hang on the shelves over near the Epiphones. I honestly can see them going to like more Epiphone and less um, Gibson, and I can see them uh, Chapman uh, being more. Well, so or at least some other company that's not Gibson or Fender. All right, so I don't know if you knew this or not, but but I know people who've worked in retail, and they they say that it's like Best Buy. The way they do it, they have they have like three different stores. They have the high tier store, which has the Magnolia department in it. Right. They have a, a mid tier store, which is just basically your run of the mill Best Buy, yeah. and then they have a low end store. Right. Um which is more like what you get in an urban area or something like that. 
you know, that's that's a little bit little bit smaller. Focuses yep. on you know lower end items. Okay. Yep. So I'm sure there's a little bit of that going on with Guitar Center, um, and that oh, they that they kind of designed the stores that way. Yep. I could I would rather and th- and this is what I want to say and get and get out here. If Guitar Center were all the higher quality stores that serviced more people and didn't have that focus, I feel like I would be more inclined to shop there. As much as I don't want to admit that, like the thing is, when I go into my guitar center, they don't have Marshall. They don't have nope. I mean they have they have like one Marshall, right? Nope. They don't have they don't have um they don't have hardly any Vox. They, they probably don't have. I, I actually, the, one of the local ones has Friedman now. They might have one or two Friedmans. Here's what's scary: <clears throat> Guitar Center, because of the fact that they have inventory. When you have inventory, what do you have? You have older stuff. Right. Sometimes it's been sitting around for a year or more. Yep. Yep. All right. So, if I'm Guitar Center and I've got inventory, the um, I've got to pay for that inventory. Or I've got to not pay for the inventory and hold on to it and hope I can get money, pay interest on the inventory. So I can't afford to get more stuff in. More and more, we're going to see less and less. You look yep. online, can't buy that stuff because Guitar Center doesn't have it in. It doesn't so, just have it on, not in the store. It's not in the, it's not in the stock system. So this is part of my gripe. And, and, and I'll go on. <clears throat> Some hearsay, but also some 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 knowns here. Let's look at the the fallout between Mesa Boogie and Guitar Center that happened about ten years ago. Yep, uh, Guitar Center picked up Mesa. They had him for seven or eight years. Yeah, okay. They were the biggest dealer for Mesa, unquestionably. Yep. Um, Mesa Boogie has their kind of the way they run their company. Yeah, Randall Smith that, that runs Mesa yep. is a, a very staunch guy. And his thing was always, we make more on mail order than we do through dealers. And that may still be true because yeah. they're selling to the professional. Now, I I digress. I don't think that's true, but it may still be true. So they don't publish their financials. They've never run the company out of debt. They don't have to. Now, here's 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 what where I take issue with this. The fallout between them and Guitar Center was that Guitar Center was continuously behind paying their bill. They'd order a million dollars worth of Mesa product. Yep. Mesa would build it all up, which there are 15 guys in the shop. It yeah. was a small company. Yep. They'd build it all up, they'd ship it out, and then they'd wait six months to get paid. Yep. And so they'd call they'd call Guitar Center up and they say, What the hell? Like everybody else pays. Why can't you? Guitar Center has all the capital. Uh it may be tied up in things, but realistically, they have the buying power. So even at that time, like Mesa basically said, you know what? We don't have to do this. I can pay the bills right? for the 15 people I have working here. Yep. Randall Smith is like, I'll just deal with you. We don't need your contract. right? And so, and so they did. That's exactly why they don't carry Mesa anymore. And Mesa pissed on them. And if you hear the other side of it, which there's always two sides, and somewhere in the middle there's truth. Right. Guitar Center said they'd get stuff in, and it was defective stuff, and Mesa wasn't standing behind it. Now, there I, may be reasons for that, but I'm saying. I'm just laughing because my local 
my local dealer, uh, he's they, they've won Mesa awards for, for dealer of the year several times in a row. Um, I don't think they've won one in the last two or three years, but they've won many awards from them. There's not and a whole the, lot of Mesa dealers out there anymore. One of the things that, yeah, I, around here there are, but, but again, they're, you know, they're mom and pop. We have zero. Yeah. Have they zero. don't. Do, yeah. So that's the surprising. Whole Tidewater area has zero Mesa. Yeah. Well, again, they, and they ain't worried about that because they, like I said, they do mail order business, so they don't give a shit. Um, that's kind of Randall Smith's. Like, I don't give a fuck if my company's small. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> the the point being that I, the main selling point of Mesa for a lot of these dealers is their reliability. So I guess certainly there are probably problems. Here's the deal: when they're building a million plus units of something for, you know, a company where they're, they're probably never building that many, but let's say they build a thousand rectifiers, right? right? And they send them to guitar center and there's a 1% or a 2% failure rate. And that's like what? 20 amplifiers. And they have to send it back to Mesa for service. That's probably getting backed up. Yeah. And it's one of those things where that's it's like, there's only saying. 50 guys working on them. So guitar center gets pissed, right? But is that the reason to piss a business down the toilet? I didn't say that. What I said was <laughs> there's, there's two sides to every story, and somewhere in the middle, there's the truth. I would have rather, I would have rather had both sides come out in the amical and just be like, "Look, we didn't want to care. We didn't want our products in their stores anymore." And guitar somebody like, "We didn't want to carry their product anymore," and just leave it at that. Instead nobody, of, did, nobody needs to get mud. into that. Yeah, into that mudslinging thing. Well, but, you know that was what, um, uh, Rickenbacker had the same issue with them, and I think that's what's happening right now. Other than Fender and Gibson. And I'm willing to bet you that Fender and Gibson are willing to put put guitarists on their walls. That is part of the reason, right? Less money or no money than they will for a mom and pop. That's why Guitar Center, not, not Guitar Center, that's why Gibson is hurting right now because they have written off so much that they have sent to Guitar Center and other big retailers. Because there are other places, they're not a whole lot of them. A lot of them are regional, right? Where they've they've stocked the shelves, and those shelves have remained full of that stock. Um, Chicago Music Exchange. Look at the the. They yeah. have a Gibson wall, right? You've been there. You've seen most of it. Mo. Okay, so let me let me back up. So if you haven't been to Chicago Music Exchange, you got to understand Chicago Music Exchange. Ninety percent of what they sell is vintage and used. Used, yeah. Like normal rare guitars. Of it. They have millions of dollars in inventory of used equipment. I would say probably 70% of their store is 1970 era, like between 1975 and 1960. All right. So their Gibson wall. Yeah, they have a Gibson wall and it's mostly real like vintage Gibsons. They do have some newer ones, but generally speaking, why would you buy a $3,000 new one when you could buy a $3,000 1970? That's kind of the way they look at. It. Now, now they do carry a lot of, um, they do carry a lot of the uh, custom shop stuff. Yep. And in my experience, like I've been in there and I picked up custom shops and been like, that's a custom shop. Like that's kind of been the way it is. Um. So they, uh, granted, the, the production stuff they do have is good. They yep. do carry some. So and the Fender but, wall. But I, the impression that huge. you get from you from their YouTube videos is that it's all it's all new. It's not. And the same thing with with Fender. They have they carry a little bit of the fender line, but like you're not going to go in there and you're not going to see an Ingve Strat. You're going to see a 1970 Strat. I can't tell you the last time I saw an Ingve Strat in, in stock. Anyway, I have never seen one. Those are the most elusive fucking guitars on earth. So I'll tell you, 
one of my favorite mom and pop stores, guitar stores, is Parkway Music in Colony Center, um, or sorry, in uh, upstate New York, um, Clifton Park. And um, so, I the only place I've ever seen an Ingve Strat was in Parkway Music, and it was it was a new one. The only place I've ever seen it. And, you know, we were talking even back in 2000, maybe 2003, 2004, when I was talking to Tom, one of the, one of the guys that runs the place. And he was saying that even back then, he was like, we don't know if we can continue to carry Gibson. Yeah. We have one local mom and pop Gibson dealer. I'll be honest with you. And They're down in Naperville. So. And it's because, I know where Naperville is, it's because um, it's like when they... Um, when they did it at that time, they wanted them to have somewhere in the vicinity of like five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's that's the number I've heard thrown around too. And okay, so um, uh, somebody clarified this recently. So that number is actually it is still that huge, but it's not as huge as you. It, it, it's not the way you think it is. So the way Gibson runs it, this was Phil McKnight had a video on this. What it was is you ordered $20,000 with the Gibsons at a time, and they expected you, they were kind of like um, Mary Kay, in yeah. that they expected you to keep a certain amount of inventory and a certain amount going out the door, and you had to order X amount per quarter. Correct, yeah. And that was how they worked it. Yeah. So they would yeah. say, okay, a minimum of $100,000 a year, but that was, or $80,000 a year, $20,000 a quarter, something like that, for the smaller stores. So yeah. um, this place that I'm talking about, they have a they have a PRS wall that's yeah that's just same, incredible. Same things local here. They incredible. got tons of PRSs, but not a single Gibson. PRS, I think PRS does a better job of it. I think, I think Paul's probably got, or at least his marketing team, his uh, um. Well, I don't think they're the, the guitar du jour right now, which is part of the. That's why they're falling out of favor with Guitar Center. But I think they've also experienced a little of the same thing that Mesa did, which is that. They're not getting paid on time, so they're not producing the guitars for them anymore. Yeah, yeah, I think that's tif- difficult. Um, you know, a place like Sweet Sweetwater. Think about Sweetwater. I love Sweetwater. Like I said, I'm looking at a neighbor one. They have two. They have two, but at least they have the new EC1000 because they keep their. They have almost what, what you would call a just-in-time ordering system. Yeah, Let's only have enough so that we sell these. Then we'll bring in the next two. And then let's we'll let's those. let's talk about that for a minute. So guitar we center all can't make, do that. We all make the assumption that guitar center musicians friend have, you know, when you order up a standard stri- well, standard stri- is a bad example. Let's say you order an EC one thousand book. We always assume that there's like fifty or a hundred, right, or even a thousand there's sitting not. there just waiting. No, there's not. They might have ten. Right. They might but have three. But they're fanned out over stores. So now here's the dangerous part: the Sweetwater side. Sweetwater, it's sitting in a um, it's sitting in a uh, box. Some, well, somebody's done a fifty-five point thing and then set it in a box. Yeah. They took some pictures and they put it in a box. Guitar Center's got it hanging on a shelf. That was what happened when you were talking about my my uh, my studio. When right. it, when it came in, some jerk had already done all this stuff to it because it had been hanging on a shelf. And then another one I got, it was obviously plugged in uh, the. The system, the the, the um, 10 dB boost didn't work. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to split this up into two. 
Oh, um, that's fine. No, I'm looking at my. I'm getting email notifications from work. Yeah, I so just got that. I just got one too. So, um, so I I look at it and I go, all right. Guitar Center is going to take one off the shelf, and it might not be a 2018. I can't get a picture of it. I ask. I say, look, can you take a picture of this guitar and send it to me? Guitar Center, listen. Yeah. When you say email our store and ask us about it, I expect a fucking response. Well, that's the thing. You're at the mercy of that manager. But you know, and some of them are asshats, and Gibson, some of them don't know technology. Yeah, but Gibson hasn't fucking done it either. I I no. emailed them about my le- um, gold uh, gold top Les Paul that I just sold. I emailed them about that, and they never got back with me. Not ever. Ever. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I've only gotten one response one time, and that was when I, I said, is this real? And I had to post it in their forums, and then they did it. Do you know what EC, um, uh, ESP did? I said, hey, I ordered a guitar. I ordered this guitar, you know, and their, um, each of the guitars has a little forum underneath it. I said, I ordered yeah. this guitar, you know, blah, blah, blah. They got back to me within an hour. Hey, we hope you like it. And then when I put a follow-up on it, they said, we love that you're enjoying your new guitar. The, whether that was a form letter or what, they got back to me. Yeah, it's really How cool. How fucking hard is that? Really cool. And, you know, a lot of people don't think about that, but doing those kinds of things, like reaching out to the company, we buy a new instrument, that establishes the instrument's pedigree and gives it some history, yep. especially for for internet purchases. That's a good thing to do, especially when you buy a new instrument, yep. because you can talk about your guitar, your serial number, and then when you go to sell it, Somebody right. can validate the fact that this is not a counterfeit instrument from China, that you actually bought it from Sweetwater, yep. that you've had conversations with you know, ESP or LTD about it, yep. et cetera. So if you're wondering why Jim might be doing something like that, that's a good reason. <laughs> yeah, it does. And, you know, some of the things that um, – uh, one of the other things that I, I heard about while we're talking about Gibson and, and um, Guitar Center, because we do talk about – anytime we talk about any of this stuff, Fender, Paul Reed Smith or whatever – we talk about customer service, and um, uh, one of the things that um, Tone King was talking about recently was that Gibson, and I'm going off the Guitar, guitar Center thing for just a second, but it, it does come back to this. He said, has Gibson asked the people what they want? Everybody, all these other companies, it's like, what do you want in a guitar? And so the EC-1000 has got this cutaway, and they don't... Yeah. What's Gibson um, asking you? What have you know? We asked, we talked about that before. They've never asked. You yeah. know what they're you know what they're doing? Henry Jeskowitz is deciding what we want, right? And going to Guitar Center is Guitar Center asking people when you walk in there, what can we do better? No. Hey Henry, if you're listening, I want to have a conversation with you. Oh, there's so <laughs> many podcasts. If that son of a bitch would show up in Fort Wayne, <laughs> do you can you imagine what that conversation would be like, Jim? Because I'm oh like, my God. I I've already said it. The only way to fix Gibson is to lose him. Yeah, it's been said many times by many people. But the but the thing is that um, uh, you know, Guitar Center needs to listen to the people. The the good Guitar Centers are the ones when you walk in there, the guys are knowledgeable, they're personable. Yeah. The one I go to is it, it's usually been that way. They've had some employee turnover, and that's the thing. Yeah. That's it, yeah, I think the my, ones that are more like where you're at, yeah. like not they so have the same employees turnover. for a long yeah. time. Where we're at, 
Dude, it's different people every time I go in there. No. I, it's unfucking believable. Either they have 500 people on staff or wow. people are leaving all the time. No, we almost always. I can tell you the, the first names. I can tell you their favorite TV shows. We talk about movies. It's it's like doing a podcast because you're all yeah, on. You're, you're just about more like else. a mom and pop relationship. Exactly. That's what, I think that's part of the reason why I have such a aversion. Yeah, even <laughs> with the manager of the store, I have a mom and pop relationship with. I know him. If you know, not just the first name basis because I can read his name tag because I know him the second I walk in there, and he says, "Hey, Jim, you know he knows me. I don't have to show him my ID." Hey, Jim, you might be interested in this. He was the one. He said, hey, Jim, you might be interested in these. We got these um, CEs in. You might be interested in taking a look at these. All right. All right. Before we wrap this up, because um, I know we're probably, we're on two episodes here. We're on the, um, yeah, we're on the second yeah. one in this one. We're 40 minutes into the second episode. All right. All right. All right. Third episode. Before, before we end this, I'm going to tell a story. Okay. So when yeah. I got my Helix, which wasn't that long ago, it was back nope. in December. Yeah. And this is part of the reason why I have an aversion to this story. This stuff happens. Okay, I walk in. I have, at the time, I had a loaded pedal board that was a little bit smaller than a pedal train trio. It was about eight inches smaller. Um, they're not trio, a uh, pedal train trio. The, the hell was the name of the company I got my pedal board for? Metro. Uh, I don't know. It, shit. Temple Audio. It was a Temple Audio trio. Which is a giant fuck board. I mean, big enough that I couldn't fit it in the back of my my Passat trunk, and my Passat trunk could fit three or four bodies. Easy. Um, don't ask me how I know that. He's done anyway. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, they usually go in barrels. Anyway, um, so we we went in there. My wife was with me, right? And I, I I'd been in there the night before. I tried the Helix. I said I'll be back in the morning with all my gear because I'm going to trade it all in. And I get what I need. And then anything that like you're not going to give me a, a great price on that I think I can get more for, I'll hold it out. So I come in. They they put me in their little little test station, which is what I played through the, Hel- the Helix through the night before. Now, in the meantime, there was an electrical storm over that night. Okay, um, so we'll 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 go from there. I come in. I have a PRS Sanzera head, the 50 watt head. I have a Carvin 4x12 cab from the 80s that sounded freaking unbelievable. Just too big for where I'm living. Um, so I had to trade it in. And uh, I was willing basically to take that for peanuts because I am I needed to get rid of it. Um, and so they plugged me in. They, they took uh, my pedal board. They put it on the floor. They plugged it into the wall. Um, I had an ES8 and all that stuff. They plugged me in. They plugged me into a deluxe reverb. And it was nothing but... <laughs> With a little bit of 60 cycle hum done on top. And um, I looked at the guy and I said, I don't know what's going on, but I said, you have a ground problem. Okay. So then they're like, well, well, let's just plug in your amp. So we put my amp on the wall and we plugged into my amp. Actually, take it back. We didn't do the luxury until later. We plugged into my amp initially. All right. Same thing. Horrible hiss, hum. So then they took the pedal board out of the equation. I plugged directly in the amp. Horrible hiss, hum. Obviously, the amp must have had a problem, according to them. Now, I'm like, look, before I drove over here, I tested it, okay? Um, Nothing has changed in transit. I I take very good care of my gear. There's obviously something wrong here. So 
they get the the assistant manager who's obviously in charge of the department today, and he comes over and he starts making smart ass remarks about how all amps can have problems and how you know those those uh, PRS amps are garbage. He actually said something like that. Oh and no! Which, to, to which case I laughed and I said, "This is not one of your Chinese made PRS amps." I said, "They are. They build the boards in China. The amps are assembled in Maryland." I said, this thing's been QC'd. I bought it from a local shop. I said, if you guys won't take it, I will literally take it over to them. I will have it repaired, and I will sell it for twice what you're going to give me. So anyway, long story short, he says something to the equivalent of, like, my top hat had a bad ground or something like this. And I'm going, you have a top hat, which to my knowledge are like four or $5,000 amps, and you're working a guitar center. So <laughs> just, like, thinking in the back of my head, like, Really, dude? And you're going to say that I, you know, like, I don't know anything about this stuff. I'm like, I obviously have about $10,000 worth of gear sitting in front of you. And you're sitting here looking at me like, I don't know what I'm doing. So anyway, I digress. The guy starts working up the deal anyway without the amp included because he goes, well, we can't trust. We can't test every individual pedal. Chances are they're working. So I and I to, to my credit, I had like 13 pedals on the board plus a switching system two power supplies. I built the board myself. Um, it was obviously professionally wired. They, they, I mean, it, it, they had to know I knew what I was doing. I dual lock and all that. So they start working up the deal. I call, I hold a couple pedals out. Um, once it comes time to, for me to supplement cash because they're not going to take my amps. So I can't have an even trade. Um, I was told that I could use a PayPal line of credit that I have in order to pay. All right. Well, that was bullshit. Uh, we tried that four times. I was on the phone with PayPal twice in the store, uh, to which point when I could not utilize my PayPal line of credit, I told them to take that line of credit and stick it up their ass. Uh, tried to put it on various credit cards, was having problems with the payment system. Was there about four hours talking to various credit card companies on the phone, trying to figure out what the hell's going on. In the meantime, my wife, who's in the store... She knows I'm getting incredibly frustrated. I am infuriated. I have wasted four hours of my day. I held all that gear in there only to be like, I'm not fucking selling it to you because you're not going to give me what it's worth in, in a lot of cases. And then for the other reasons, like I basically told the guy, I said, you can have the fucking cab. Like, I'll give that to you. I don't give a shit. I'll take a tuner for that. I don't want it anymore. I don't want to have to haul it home. And I was just going to pack everything else and put it in the car. Well, while I'm talking to one of the guys, she goes and she grabs the store, the the uh, clerk, and she's like, can we plug this thing in in the back? Meaning my amp. So they run it back there, and they get going, and it's fantastic. It works great. They had a ground loop. They had a ground loop, or they had a wiring fault in the building, in the testing station, and it caused me four to six hours worth of grief. Not to mention the guy acting like a spastic dickhead. Okay? So this is the kind of stuff that has soured my relationship with Guitar Center. I've had multiple instances. Now, one time I bought an amp, didn't have working reverb. I went to trade the amp in about two months later. I told him, I said, look, I bought the amp here. The, the reverb didn't work when I bought it. The reverb's not working now. They wouldn't take it. I'm like, so wait a minute. I bought it from the store with a non-working reverb, but now you won't take it back because the reverb's not working. I just scratched my head and I left. I said, you know what the hell with this? I, walk, I drove up the road to Sam Ash. I traded in and I got something else. <laughs> it's just nuts. Like, this is the kind of stuff that, that happens. And, and I, I, maybe, maybe I'm the guy that's unlucky. 
The one, that, the one that really got me, I wanted a Steinberger spirit. I got a new job. I was going to be commuting an hour to work. So I figured I wanted to get a, a Steinberger so I could stick it in the drawer at work, pull it out and play it at work. Right. So I'm, I was looking online. I was going to order one off of eBay or something. And uh, lo and behold, my local guitar center has one. So I get in the car, jump in the car, drive over there, play it, find out it's going to work, buy it, uh, actually trade in to get it. And when I get the guitar, uh, traded in a golden SDXT. And uh, the guy was like, oh, yeah, it's great. Even trade, whatever. I actually think I had to pay like 20 bucks, right? So I get home and I look at the receipt. He stuck a service plan on there. Didn't even fucking ask. I'm like, why would I pay for a service plan for a $200 guitar? Nobody would do that. So I went back to the store via phone. I called him. And I was like, what the fuck? So I get the manager. And he's like, oh, he's like, we'll take care of it. He's like, uh, bring your receipt in on Monday. He's like, we'll have it taken off your bill. And uh, he ended up giving me some free stuff, too. But it was one of those things. It's like, dude. And, and, and I hope you reprimanded your employee. That same employee got transferred to the other location I always go to. Oh. Right? And and he knew. He knew it was me because I went in there one time and he was being a complete asshat to me. Oh, no. And, I, and I'm like, great. It's, it's, it's stuff like that. It's like, look, come on, guys. I, I, I know you're probably making m- maybe $10 an hour, maybe $12 an hour. Um, I, I, I feel for you. I really do. But don't be a dick. Like, that's not helping you. Especially if you're, if you're getting a commission kick in, you know? Um, I, I don't know if Guitar Center is still paying on commission or not. I know there was at one point they weren't doing it, uh, at least locally. Like, they were trying it out or whatever. But I think they still do commission now. So I'm always know. real careful. That's a good question. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I think they should be on commission. because Not because they should be fighting over it. I mean, let's face it. There's a, there's a local furniture store I went in recently. And one guy helped us out, and another, so he set the sale up, and then another person runs in uh, and checks so runs in and stole the sale from him. And I'm going, yep. this is fucking bullshit. So I basically just walked out and said, "Fuck you! I'm not buying from either of you." Yep. Because like it's it, it's not fair to that person. I don't put me in the middle of it. Nope. Everybody knows when you walk into place and it's commission sales because the people run over to you immediately and they're like, "How can I help you? Can I build? Can I sell you anything? You know?" And it's so. For me, my my thing is like don't put people in that situation. It's, there should be penalties to prevent it or something. Yeah. Or your manager should be intervening in those kinds of situations. But I still think that that's a benefit to the to the uh, the shopper because then that it, that gets the people more interested in what they're selling because they does. have to be able to sell. It does. And then, nobody likes to use Carmen mentality, no. but it is what it is. And that's the thing. What it does is it does two different things to you as a as a purchaser. It causes you to feel like you have to have some kind of uh, you know respect for the first person you might not like, and it leaves you feeling like you're you're a piece of meat that two wolves are fighting over. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, it's not just that. Like, I want to make sure. I want to make sure that that if you help me, that I help you. You know, right. I want you to feel like you're getting some compensation. And the last thing I want to do is to make your op, your work environment hostile. Yeah, because that's what it is. Like those people fight in the back room. Like when they're in they're in the break room, they're at each other's throats. Yep. So and nobody wants to work in that environment. Nobody wins. Yeah. Nobody. Wins. That's basic. 
So you all get fucked when it's all over, all over and done with. Yeah, the only uh, this person is, that... I'm definitely earning that explicit rating this time around. Oh, that is <laughs> fucked up. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in today. Uh, we're going to have three of them this week because... Because uh, <laughs> we went way over. And I'm not going to do a whole lot of um, editing on them either. I'll... Yeah. So we, uh, didn't, we, we didn't even say anything. We wouldn't edit out this time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of right, weird. Man. Usually, usually there's something I have to take out. So I have been David. And I have been Jim. And we have been along with you, if you're listening to this, probably the practical guitarists. Wow.